Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 112 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. My name is Byron, and today I'm bringing you an interview with uh, Straight Blast Gym coach Mark Fisher. Mark is our response to an uh, interview we had a few weeks ago with Kurt Osiander. Um, if you haven't heard that one, you might want to go check it out. It uh, it it kind of uh, helped get this episode rolling, I think. And I'll get to that more in a little bit. He's uh, a brown belt at Straight Blast Gym in, in Portland, and he has started a community on Facebook called Roll Out. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. Uh, first off, uh, you might notice that I'm flying solo today. No Gary is with me, so uh, a little bit disappointed in that. Actually, Gary and I recorded our introduction and the exit uh, segment last night, and uh, it was very uh, distorted and full of static and so it's pretty much unusable, and I still want to get this episode out Monday. I think this is a very important episode uh, for the jiu-jitsu community. Uh, I don't think there's been a show quite like this uh, on any – maybe there has, but or any podcast or any in, anything really uh, to get this information out. So I think this is very important, and uh, I don't want to delay it a day or two or, or anything like that. So I'm going to fly solo, and, and next week we'll have the better-looking host – uh, back on the show and and uh, making his jokes and, and giving us his insight like usual. So we appreciate it. Uh, next week we'll have Gary back. So if you haven't heard the interview with Kurt Osiander, you might go give it a listen. Uh, you don't have to. Uh, Mark is a funny guy, and he makes several jokes that uh, you're not really going to get unless you've heard that interview. Um, you know, take it or leave it. Um, there, you might just hear me laughing for basically no reason or not understand why. Uh, you're basically just going to be missing an inside joke about about that interview. Um, during Kurt's interview, he does use some uh, pretty harsh language towards uh, people of different sexual orientations. And uh, at the end of that interview, Gary and I came on and we, we talked about our own opinions and, and how we felt and how that uh, we weren't really comfortable even airing the interview unless we talked about it afterwards. So uh, we did that and we also said, hey, I don't really see much of a, of a community – uh, of jujitsu people that support people of different sexual orientations and we'd like to hear from somebody if they have a community and get that out to people and so uh for too long we got an email from uh mark fisher and he's got a uh, roll out jujitsu you can go to facebook.com slash roll out jujitsu and if you can't find it i'll put a link to it in the show notes of course um this is a important important community uh if you're looking for a little support um also you know, I don't really uh, belong to this communities. Uh, you know, I belong to the Jiu-Jitsu community, but I, I don't really fit the category of people that they're trying to help out. I'm, just, I'm a straight male um, who likes Jiu-Jitsu. I mean, I, I'm a little undereducated in this uh, area of life uh, that some people have. So, um, so Mark, some of this interview, you're going to hear me kind of learn about things and, and learn about uh, that culture. And I, I went by and liked the Facebook page. And and this does a couple things. It uh, probably the biggest thing is if I have a teammate that wants to uh, possibly come out, they could go to the Facebook page there and see that I already like the page, and that will let them know that hey, at least if I tell Byron, he's not going to freak out, and, and nothing about my training is going to change, and, uh, and and he's you know it's it's going to be okay. 
And and that and Mark shares his story about how it, it was kind of difficult for him to do that, and it was stressful. He didn't know how people would react. So just by going there and liking the page, it's at least showing some support of your teammates because if you think about it, I know I've rolled with over 100 people this year. I don't know how many people I've rolled, but I know it's got to be over 100. And I and and none of them have told me or or have not necessarily told me, but I don't know that any of them are uh, of a different sexual orientation than myself. And some of them probably are. If you roll with that many people, absolutely, they just either our sport or our martial art is so negative towards that uh, lifestyle that they don't show up, or they're just not telling us. And and I would like to believe that they're just not telling us because I I can't believe that jujitsu is it's so positive for my life and everybody who I know who gets so much out of it. Why would we want to limit people from from training uh, just because of their orientation? So um, that's that's no reason that uh, that I would want to believe that the people aren't training with us. They just aren't comfortable telling us who they are. And so you know by liking that page and and showing some support. Hopefully, uh, it makes it a little easier for uh, people who want to be out to tell tell some people. So uh, that's why I went by there and liked it, and I like to show them some support. Um, I urge you to do the same. Even you know, definitely, if you're in a gym and you're considering coming out to people, uh, go by there and get some support. Mark's a super nice guy, <coughs> and uh, so are the people who run the page, and 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 they will be glad to give you advice and and help you out, and and uh, it should make that process a little easier for you. And also, you know, I've got a straight blast gym uh, coach on the line. Uh, gonna ask lots of questions about, uh, coaching and getting better and, and things like that because they're always, uh, great to hear from. Speaking of straight blast gym, we had, uh, Matt Thornton here in Wichita, Kansas, uh, earlier this week. He did a talk on, on violence and, and, uh, and martial arts and kind of some delusions that people have. And it was very fascinating talk. And he's actually working on a book. I don't know for sure when it's coming out. I think he said he hopes it's going to be next year, but, uh, definitely interested in that. Uh, definitely get him back on the, the podcast, uh, when that comes out or when it's coming close to come out. But he's got some really uh, fascinating ideas about self-defense and, and, uh, in martial arts and, and just a lot of realities you don't think about that, uh, that, you know, we get to train and we, Kind of, you know, I train for fun. I don't really worry about getting in a fight all the time, but uh, it's it's definitely a benefit being able to defend yourself. It's training jujitsu. If you are uh, new to Brazilian jujitsu or you're within your first year, which is fairly new to jujitsu, um, I urge you to go by our our website here or in the show notes uh, on bjjbrick.com. And uh, we have an audiobook for sale. It's eleven ninety nine. It's your first year of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's going to help you find everything. It's going to help you find your gym. Um, it's going to help you um, understand some basic techniques and some ideas. It's going to help you understand the culture of Jiu-Jitsu and so you're not making people upset and, and breaking some social norms that you don't even realize exist. You know, So it, it's a great book to get, help you through your first year of training. If you can get through the first year successfully and, and still enjoy it and not feel like you're forcing yourself to go, you're going to be doing jiu-jitsu for a long time. That's a great thing. It's a great way to stay in shape. It's a great way to, to make new friends and meet new people and, uh, and, and learn about how your body works, you know, on and off the mat. It, there's so many benefits to jiu-jitsu. So if you're early on in training, especially if you're dealing with any frustrations, uh, the, the book is designed to help you out. If, and if you're frustrated with jujitsu and, and, and you're considering quitting, send us an email, bjjbrick.gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to try to, uh, pat you on the back and, and keep you motivated a little bit longer. Uh, we all have those little hurdles in jujitsu, but getting those hurdles at the beginning, uh, sometimes ends, uh, 
injured mat time uh, early. And, you know, if you've been in it for a couple of years, you get a couple of hurdles, you stick with it. You know, it's not that uh, big a deal. That's part of life. But early on, you know, you get those hurdles and uh, we don't want it to dissuade anybody from uh, training. But just the audiobook is a great way to help support the podcast, keep us going, um, help keep the uh, show um, paid for. And uh, it's our way to try to help you guys out in your first year of training. We also have an email list, so if you want to get the show notes emailed to you every week, the email list is the way to go. Uh, go to the website or our Facebook page and uh, put your name and email address in there. And every Tuesday, we'll send you out uh, the show notes and tell you what's up on the show and a lot of links to all the sites that we reference and, and articles and quotes and stuff like that. It's all there for you, uh, nice and easy, in your email every week. All right. Let's do our quote of the week here. It's 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 always strange doing the introduction and exit without Gary. You know, he's so much fun to to throw ideas off of and and just just joke around with. But uh, like I said, next week we'll have him back and and uh, definitely uh, enjoy getting uh, things back to normal. But a quote of the week. I don't actually have an author for this one. I saw it on uh, I think it was on Instagram. It says, "Set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you grow into the person who can." And uh, I like this quote. I read this one to my wife this morning, and she said that it, uh, it's kind of a dumb quote, you know, like you uh, set goals that you're, you're not going to be able to reach. Uh, I don't see that that way. You know, if I, if I set a goal to be a billionaire, I'm probably going to fail at that. That's not something that I'm going to be uh, accomplishing with the uh, type of life that I've gave, given myself and created. So, you know, that's a goal that would end in failure, and that's kind of what her idea was, I think. Uh, you know, give yourself a goal that you – uh, aren't going to be able to reach that, that. That's one way to look at that. But I look at it like you're setting a goal that you wouldn't, you can't achieve today. But there's some hard work and some dedication. You're going to change who you are, and you'll be able to achieve it later. You know, if you have a goal and you're a white belt, you have a goal to be a blue belt. Well, that you literally have to change things about yourself to become that blue belt. I mean, you can't uh, not make any changes to to your training uh make any changes to the techniques you know and, and become a blue belt just over just by happenstance like you have to make some changes if you want to uh do a tournament in two two months and you're gonna uh, part of that tournament you're gonna be training for and and getting ready and, and honing your techniques you're gonna do better after the end of that two weeks of training than you did uh if you just done that tournament like the the day you signed up for it and didn't train at all for it so um you know, just making small changes. You, I mean, these goals don't need to be massive to where, you, you know, you're the white belt saying, I'm going to be a black belt in, in a few years. That's not really a good goal. I mean, it's clearly you want to get better at jujitsu in those, in those years, but just the, the goal of the belt is kind of a, sometimes a ridiculous goal for uh, somebody who's a white belt, you know, focus on adding your techniques and, and getting better. And then, you know, after you start doing that, then you can start looking at blue belt. Like that's a, that's a goal that that's achievable within a couple of years with some hard work. So uh, I think it, my, my my wife had some ideas about setting realistic goals, and and I like this because it's it's setting goals that push you. So uh, I offered to have her, hey you want to come in here and talk with me about this, but uh, she declined. She's a little shy, I think so. And uh, without Gary, he, he Gary had some good points. We did talk about this one last night, and he had some good points about it, but uh, they're not popping in my head, and I can't present them the way Gary would. So. Uh, I don't want to do him any disservice. Well, I got to move right along to the article of the week. Uh, excellent blog here, uh, bjj-australia.blogspot.com. Uh, That's uh, John Will's blog. He writes a ton of stuff on here. It's amazing how many how many blog posts he puts on. Uh, this one's titled "Fool's Gold." 
and that immediately caught my eye. I want to see what he uh, wants to talk about when he titles something Fool's Gold. He's talking about steroids and jujitsu. And uh, great, great blog post. It, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, of course. I uh, urge everybody to read it. You know, I consider jujitsu a martial art first, and uh, there's definitely a sport aspect to it. But, uh, you know, the way it influences my life and, and the way it's, it's changing things off the mat definitely uh, would be a martial art before it would be a sport. Uh, in my book, I know a lot of people like if I'm in deep competition mode, sure, I'm going to consider it a sport mentally. That's, that's going to help me. But so people who train jujitsu, some of them are obviously doing steroids. That's just, uh, how it is, you know, and, uh, and John has some very interesting comments to say about this. Um, he's definitely, uh, anti-steroid. Um, he says these practices go against everything that BJJ is all about. Instead, choose the work, choose the struggle. Stay clear of shortcuts and unhealthy choices. And seriously, it is how we live our lives, how we can extract the most joy out of living, how we can help others along the way. These things are more important than taking drugs so we can get a competitive or combative edge over our peers. Seriously? So uh, that's a that's a very powerful statement uh, that, he, that he makes. It makes you consider, hey, you know, uh, you might have teammates. You might have considered doing this yourself. You might have done several of yourself, and 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 there's just so much more to jitsu and and it, enjoying the struggle that comes along with it. You know, you don't if you're on the easy road in jitsu, you're doing the wrong the wrong martial art, the wrong sport anyway. You know, this is not an easy thing. So, uh, and if you want a competitive edge, this isn't the right answer. Uh, make some techniques really good. You know, hone parts of your game. Make those BJJ bricks, the, those weapons that uh, your opponent doesn't expect. And, uh, and that gives you a, a nice advantage. Um, but, but to try to avoid part of the struggle, that's, that's what you're doing. You're trying to shortcut things. You're trying to avoid, uh, the struggle and the grinds that, that are part of your journey by taking steroids. So, uh, really reflect on what you're doing if you're considering that option and, and, uh, John, read John Will's article, Fool's Gold. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, very insightful, a short article, but, uh, like always, he packs a ton of information in a couple of little paragraphs and, and uh, very insightful. So uh, thank you for that contribution. If uh, he's been a past uh, guest on the show, if you are a listener to the podcast and you have a blog and you write articles that are just related, send them our way. BTJBrick at gmail.com. We're always looking for articles. And if you're willing to listen to us uh, talk about jujitsu every week, uh, you probably uh, would write an article that we would appreciate, I would think. So um, don't be shy about it. We'd love to help promote other blogs and, and websites and and read other people's opinions. That's part of what the article of the week is all about. You know, it can't just be what Gary and I think every week. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons we bring people like Mark Fisher on to bring other people's uh, insights, other people's point of views to to the show. And article of the week, no matter what the show is about, you're going to get an article that's that's different than the main show topic. It seems like, and that's uh, helps diversify the show and make it fun for everybody. So. There's an article of the week. Definitely urge you if you are writing about jujitsu, send it our way. Uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure to, to communicate with our listeners who uh, any listener, but definitely if you have a blog, you know we like to help you out a little bit. Well, without any further ado, I think it's time to bring Mark Fisher onto the BJJ Break podcast. We're going to learn about his uh, Facebook page rollout. We're going to learn about uh, some some great coaching philosophies in jujitsu and and helping your teammates uh, with their personal struggles and with their a journey in jiu-jitsu. So here is uh, our interview. He is the most interesting grappler 
in the world. When he gets someone in a calf slicer, all baby cows scream in pain or walk with a limp. He created the Great Lakes with a heavy side mount. He can jump into a muddy pond and catch Turtle Man without getting bit. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Stay sweaty, my friends. All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Mark Fisher to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Byron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, where you're trained in, and, and, and what brings you on to the show. Uh, well, let's see. I have been training uh, BJJ for about 10 years now. Um, so when I first started, I was hopping around uh, quite a bit, uh, traveling and training in college and uh, doing a lot of things. I eventually settled um, in Athens, Georgia for grad school and spent about six years training at a uh, hardcore gym there with Adam and Rory Singer and then moved away after I graduated um, and, and have been training in Portland, Oregon at Straight Blast Gym under Matt Thornton for about two years now. That's cool. And so what's that? What, <laughs> what, what, uh, what rank are you? About what? <clears throat> I'm a brown belt. Um, so I've been a brown belt for about a year and a half. You train mostly gi, no gi? Or? Um, so in the Georgia days, um, for most of it, it was no gi. It was a big MMA gym. Um, although uh, since uh, for the for about that last year of the time I was in Athens, they were also training gi. But in Portland, it's really interesting. Um, uh, they mostly train gi and do just a little bit of no gi. So. I was the guy in the Georgia gym who was like, let's do gi, let's do gi. And now at the Portland gym, I'm the guy who's like, let's do no gi, let's do no gi. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, a little bit of both. Oh, cool. You, you're on here today uh, partly because an uh, interview we had uh, a few weeks ago uh, kind of got a discussion started about uh, about people of different sexual preferences uh, training jiu-jitsu. And, and, and I ask, you know, if, if there's a community that's out there that – that uh, that I could mention or or we could talk about. It would be great to have somebody on to represent that. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about uh, your? You have a Facebook page called Roll Out Jiu Jitsu. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we do. Right. So so I myself am a gay grappler, um, and uh, um, the group uh, Roll Out um, is basically a, a group that connects all kinds of LGBTQI people. Um, across the world, right? So it's a public page and you can just like the page and you should like the page even if you're not LGBTQI, um, if only to let other people know that that's something that you're comfortable with and uh, that's something worth liking. Uh, but anyway, the, the URL is facebook.com slash rolloutjujitsu, all one word. Um, and, and basically it's a place where um, we post articles related to, to LGBTQ athletics or, um, you know, interesting coming out stories for, for queer identifying athletes. Um, and, uh, there's also a private group that's associated with it. Um, but it's private. So if you are LGBTQI and, uh, you want to ask about coming out or finding a more hospitable gym or, 
something where you want to start training jujitsu, but you're not sure where or or how or how to navigate the the coming out process, uh, you could message one of one of the administrators of the public page, and we'll let you join the private group where you can talk and in, in sort of a, a less public environment about it. That's great. I just uh, I'm on on the page right now. I just clicked the like button, so um, I guess if anybody <laughs> anybody else uh, that I know, I guess would could see that uh, that I'm supporting this community, even though, like you say, I, I may not fit exactly in the category, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm on the side of uh, you know supporting this this community. And if if you want to grapple, I'm here to I'm here to to grapple and 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 share jujitsu. Isn't that what we're all here for, right? Yeah, um, and yeah. <laughs> Definitely much appreciated uh, that, that you did that. That's awesome. Um, so I, I encourage anybody. Most people are on their mobile phones and and you know, listen to this on their uh, on some app or something. But just go to Facebook and, and type in uh, "roll out jujitsu" uh, after your, you know in your Facebook thing. You need the whole the whole word, including jujitsu, and it'll pop right up and and uh, join the community there. Yeah, and we're also apparently on Twitter at "roll out bjj" again, all one word. Okay, that's that's good, and that's another resource and, and uh, place for the community to meet. Tell me a little bit about your story and, and, and a little bit about your your history. Um, well, uh, yeah. So, so like I mentioned, I, I trained for six years in Georgia. Um, so I'd been training for about two years before moving to Georgia, um, and uh, I'd say for about the first five years I was there, I was not out to anybody at the gym. Um, so I didn't really tell a soul. Right. And then in the, in the last year, year and a half or so, um, I slowly started coming out to just a handful of training partners. Um, but I'll tell you what, like the whole don't ask, don't tell thing. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 in practice, it's terrible. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense, right? It, it's, um, uh, you know, having, having experienced that and having, uh, you know, kept that to myself for a long time, you know, thinking to myself, maybe it's not something people will be comfortable with. Um, I didn't want to lose like training partners for people like being uncomfortable grappling with me or whatever. So I was really worried when I started out. Um, it turns out that all of those worries were, were ridiculous, uh, as, as we'll get to. Um, but also just like not mentioning aspects of your, like your dating or love life is actually something that's really tough to do in a gym setting where people are constantly talking about that and things like sex come up in conversation frequently, right? So, you know, talking, uh, referring back to Kurt's, uh, Kurt Ersiander's interview with you a couple of weeks ago, yeah. you know, he, he casually mentions his divorce unsolicited in, in, in the podcast while you guys are talking, right? So it, it's tough to not, to not have those things come out in everyday conversation, right? So if you're someone who is, uh, not telling, right, then you're, you're constantly self-editing, right? And you're not, you're not letting your training partners get to know this huge aspect of your life, right? Um, so it gets really awkward, right? So it got to the point where it was really stressful for me to hang out with, these people at the gym in non-training context. So any like social events, I was constantly worried that somebody would ask me whether I had a girlfriend or whether I was dating a girl. And very few people ever did ask me, um, which in itself I think was, was, uh, informative for me that most people probably either knew or suspected, um, and were just like graceful enough not to ask. Um, 
but it was, it was definitely, there was a barrier there for me getting to know these people with whom I spent a huge chunk of my life on the mat, um, uh, and became family to me, you know, like I loved my training partners. They're awesome. Um, and it was definitely a barrier for them getting to know me as well. You said it took about five years and you started to tell a few of your close friends. Is that, do you think that's a common experience for people? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, I, I, cause it, it sucks, right? It, yeah. it sucks, man. Like having to, to keep that to yourself for such a long time. I hope and suspect that it's, you know, I mean, like the trend in general, right, is people are coming out in like middle school and, uh, grade school these days, right? So, so, uh, you know, people are coming out sooner and I think it's for the better for everybody, uh, to be aware that there are in fact a lot of LGBTQI people out there and, um, uh, things that you say or do around them definitely affect them. So, um, yeah, so I, I finally came out. <laughs> yeah. Don't do what I did, right. Definitely come out <laughs> sooner rather than later. Uh, um, I mean, provided you don't, you're not like in fear of, of your, your being. Um, uh, because when I did, right, when I finally did let a lot of people know in Georgia, uh, I just got this, like, tremendous outpouring of support, right? Everyone was super awesome. Lots of people had, like, gay siblings or other gay friends they knew. Um, didn't affect how they trained with me or whether they wanted to train with me at all. Everyone was just so chill about it, and it was awesome. Um, so I'd like to think, or I'd like to hope that that would be sort of the majority response that most people at most gyms would have um but i just don't know about that yeah um i you know i'm limited with my personal experiences but um in my interview that i had with john will we talked about uh this this 20 40 60 rule uh, when you're 20 years old you are concerned uh, what everybody thinks about you uh, when you're 40 years old, you don't care what they think about you. And by the time you get 60, you realize nobody is thinking about you and you're probably making a big deal out of things that, that people don't really have a concern over. And, and, um, I think about that a little bit. Like, I'm sure this was a huge deal for you. And, and, and maybe there's a, some people that actually mattered too, but most people accepted, they already knew you. They, I mean, they accepted you for who you were. And, and I think that doing that, uh, probably paved the way for anybody else, especially at that gym that then come in and, and meet you and, 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 and you could tell them this is a good place to train. Yeah, I hope so. It's funny that you mentioned that, right? Because I show up to the Portland gym, right? And Portland's like an ultra-liberal place in general, right? I mean, yeah. there's people like there, – there's LGBT people holding hands down the street. It's, it's just like – it's a cool place to live. Um, so I walk into the gym – and I don't want to make the same mistake I made in Georgia. So I pretty much instantly just come out to everybody, right? Like, I, I just start talking about my partner, right? It's not a secret. I bring him to social events. Um, and it was, like, really anticlimactic. Everyone was just like, <laughs> okay, so? And I was like, where's – what? Where's my parade? Like, where <laughs> you know? Um but, but no, that's awesome. Like it's, it, it is funny that, that, um, yeah, very few people actually care, <laughs> which is great. Which C- is awesome. Care, care in a, like, like, like in a negative way. Like, like, like concerned. Yeah. you did like, get care yeah. and you did get people that supported you and, and, and wanted to back you, which is nice as well. 
Exactly. Yeah. Nothing but but amazing support for sure from from everyone, both in the Georgia gym and the Portland gym. So you started. I think the name's cool. Roll out. You know, like that. That's a. Um, it, I guess it shows your stance on what um, you, you you encourage people to to come out sooner than later. You know. It, it, <laughs> so um, I, I got the email from you, and you mentioned that, and it's like that's a that's a cool name for uh, this organization and and a Facebook group or in Facebook page and group, I guess. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't take credit for it. Uh, actually, so, so one of the sort of co-founders of the group, uh, definitely coined the term, but it's, it's perfect, isn't it? I thought yeah. it was great. <laughs> um, we definitely have a, like a visible visibility problem in, in the jujitsu, the jujitsu community for sure. Um, so I, you know, I was telling you right before you, you started the, the interview, um, in in the past, so I've been grappling for ten years now, and I have only ever encountered and rolled with two openly gay men in my whole like hundreds of training partners that I've had. That's only happened to me twice, um, which is just ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, and I've never rolled with a trans person. Like, so there's there's just there's zero trans visibility in in the community as well. Um, uh, uh, few more lesbians than there are gay men, but but LGBTQI people in general, uh, extremely upper underrepresented in the jiu-jitsu world specifically. Um, so, so what's up? To, tell me. I mean, it's it's hard to know any kind of numbers as far as what we have in our jiu-jitsu community, but um, that's not hundred. You rolled hundreds of people, and 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 two. You, you know, you, you found that's not. Either either they're not in our community. community or they're not out in our community. Which what do you what do you think is going on there? Exactly. So I think it's both. Um, I I think that you know there there are two reasons we're not seeing that. One is uh, you know un, unlike uh, a lot of other minorities, right? You know LGBTQ uh, QI people in general are a cryptic minority, right? So so you can't just tell. <laughs> well. Maybe you can, right? I guess they've done studies where it's pretty easy to, to assess somebody's sexual orientation just by looking at them, but um, or by by getting by interacting with them. But um, in general, right, on a mat, it's really tough to tell whether somebody is is queer identifying or not, right? Because it's not something that that uh, that you're immediately going to talk about unless you get to know them better. Uh, like if you have like a really consistent training partner, right? So if I, if I just like visit a gym somewhere, I'm not going to immediately know, okay, that dude I rolled with was gay. That dude I rolled with was definitely not gay, right? It's not something that, 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 um, that you get a really good sense for. Um, so I, I think part of the problem is definitely that we are not, uh, letting ourselves be visible to other people, other LG, uh, LGBTQI people in the community. Um, which is something that that we could be certainly better at. Um, so I think in your your previous episode, you had Emily Kwok on, which, by the way, hi, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, she mentioned that in her early days of training, um, like seeing another girl at a gym somewhere was like seeing a unicorn, right? And you're just like, oh my god, that's so great. So yeah, imagine uh, how awesome it would be to 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 find somebody um, who uh, you, you know has has a queer identifying um, 
or is, is a queer identifying person, uh, you know, so you know immediately, like, that person has very similar life experiences to you, and it just, it's like this imid- immediate um, simpatico, right, Bet- between between you guys. It's really awesome. Um, so I get super pumped whenever I meet somebody who's LGBTQ, uh, I identifying at the gym. Um, it just, like, makes my day. But, um, so, but I would have no way of knowing that unless somebody told me. Right, so I think that's part of the problem is that that people aren't out at the gym, um, and I, I think that needs to change. It's definitely something that 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 we should do um, for each other and for you know the next generation of young grapplers who you know might see that the adult grapplers are out and open about their sexual and gender identities, and this is something that maybe uh, you know I as a kid um, uh, shouldn't you know be so stressed about <laughs> growing up. Um, and then the other thing is you know, these kind of don't ask, don't tell policies or attitudes at gyms where they might actually be either perceived as or actually be inhospitable to or less hospitable to, to LGBTQI people. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely a bias in terms of not attracting LGBTQI people to the sport because it's perceived as um, an inhospitable place. And we are not coming out at these places, um, both of which are contributing to the, the visibility problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm, so. I'm trying to think of somebody who uh, wants to try jiu-jitsu uh, for the first time, and, and, and this is where um – People aren't trying it because of uh, maybe maybe our numbers the you know is, is off because people don't even want to try just because of uh, what they experience when they go one time or the second time. What would be a, a way to to test out a school? I mean, clearly, if you're if you're in a city that has three or four different gyms, you want to get the right gym for yourself, no matter who you are. Um, so, sure. so, so go, you know, check them out, but what were some, maybe some clues or some things you could look for to, to find a friendly gym? Well, apparently one way you can find out is you can just go on Yelp and look at the Yelp reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, if that's something that you are, are looking at, I, I think that's the point of, of rollout of our page on, on Facebook actually is, is that's the kind of information we would be sharing in the private group. Um, so if you're like, Hey, I'm new to to the Portland area, um, what kind of gym are there? Are there LGBTQ people here who train? And if so, at what gyms? What gyms are uh, are not really uh, hospitable for that? Um, do you guys have any experiences where you can suggest one way or the other? Right. So we're hoping that if we get enough people involved in the group, we'll have you know people on the ground who have experiences in all these different places who can who can speak to it. Yeah, that's good. I think when you, it's been a long time since I've, you know, tried a gym as a white belt, but when you go in the door for that first time, you may or may not get much interaction with the main instructor or even some of the coaches, but you're going to have interaction with who could be your future teammates. And, and a lot of times the culture of the gym is set by, uh, the the main instructor. I mean, obviously everyone's an individual, but if you feel like the people that are training there could be your friends, if they knew who you were, I think that might be uh, something that I would look for uh, in trying to, to kind of shop around. And it's not it, it, no gym should make you sign up the day you walk in to to look at them. You know, like they should let you 
see what it's like and you should be able to test out a few gyms to find the right one for you it it uh i think that's that's pretty standard in this industry um but i think that look trying to evaluate your teammates because you're not always going to get a good evaluation of the coach and just showing up at once or twice but i think that would be uh, maybe a way to kind of uh, test the waters in the in the atmosphere there is that do you think that would be accurate yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think, yeah, definitely you can get, you can put your finger on, on the, the pulse of, 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 uh, the ethos of the gym most easily by, by looking at the people who are in the gym. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe not like the people who are your teammates on the first day. It, it's, I, I can't, uh, I imagine that a lot of them won't be the same people that you end up training with if you stick with it for four years, you know? Yeah. Um, so it might even be something to pay attention to, to look at the, the higher belts, right? The, the blue belts or the purple belts, um, and see, see whether any of them have kind of attitude problems or say anything stupid, <laughs> you know, or unwelcoming for your particular demographic. Um, because, you know, if you have like one bad training partner who's like a homophobe or whatever, and, and this is their first day too, chances are good if the, if the, the culture of the gym doesn't support that. The peop- those people aren't going to last long in that gym anyway. Yeah, I, I, that's great advice. Look at um, the people who have been at the gym for a little while. Yeah. Obviously, you can tell by the color of their belt. You know, it, unless they, they're just new and they've moved or something like that. But you, you kind of get a, maybe a better feel for the gym by looking at the students who have been training with this instructor for a long time and, and kind of get an idea of the environment. That's I didn't think about that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I mentioned this before in, in, in the uh, the interview with with Kurt Osiander after the interview. Like, I'm not real knowledgeable in this in this topic. It's not. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time online researching it, and I and I don't have any uh, life experiences. You know, have a few friends and a few family members, but um, I don't really have what I would consider to be like, a good knowledge of of this topic. So you you refer um, to your community as LGBTQI. Could you just kind of Inform me what that stands for. Yeah. Um, so uh, I hope I get the acronyms right. Um, <laughs> so the L is for lesbian, the G is for gay, the B is for bisexual, the T is for trans, the Q is for uh, queer, and the I, I believe, is for intersex, right? So we just keep on acquiring more and more letters as <laughs> as the community becomes more inclusive, which is awesome. Um, but uh, I think it's a... Uh, you know, another sort of blanket, uh, word that, you know, you may or may not be comfortable with that, that some people use is, is just queer people, right? So anybody who identifies, uh, non-normatively, uh, in terms of, uh, orientation or, or, or gender identity, um, uh, would be considered queer, but that's definitely a word that's really loaded and problematic, um, that has been kind of reappropriated. Uh, by the LGBTQI community. So I can totally understand why people might not necessarily be comfortable with that. It's just LGBTQI has a lot of syllables. So <laughs> it can be to say. Yeah. Um, but LGBTQI or LGBT, some, uh, often you just hear it kind of abbreviated like that too. But um, Okay. That's, that's good to know. And, and I'm, I'm learning here. Uh, one of the things I think that might provide some of, somewhat of a hurdle and uh, in, in maybe somebody coming out or even trying jujitsu would be like the idea that 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 this is like you could sexualize jujitsu and you could you know you're you're touching other people and and you're touching other people's bodies and they're touching you and it seems like 
there's a certain time in in your training where you don't think about it. It doesn't. It's not, like the first day. You know, it's kind of weird. It, you know, like but after a little while, it's just you're just training. It's just scrapping. It's just jujitsu. It's just it's just your teammates. It's, it doesn't seem to. Maybe that's just my own personal experience, but um, but I don't think about it at all. I could train with anybody and not think about. Uh, not sexualize the grappling aspect of it. That it does—it's not an issue for me. Um, do you think that's a hurdle in in somebody who's either new to the to the sport or who's thinking about trying it? Like it, it maybe. Well, I don't want to make anybody feel weird about it. Is, is that do people sexualize jujitsu that they shouldn't be? <laughs> uh, I mean, you're you're totally right in that 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 goes away very very quickly, right? You don't even—it's not something that that even crosses your mind. Yeah. You know, once once you're used to it. So I remember the very first day I did, did jujitsu. Um, I, like one of my friends told me to check it out to check out Brazilian jujitsu. I had no idea what it was. Um, and I showed up to this gym, and some guy was like, "Oh, great, mount me." And I was like, uh. Excuse me? And he was just like, mount me. And I was like, uh, yeah, you, you might have to buy me a drink first for that one. <laughs> like, uh, that's, uh, I don't know what this means and this is really weird, right? So like when you first start it, you're like, this is super bizarre, right? And especially like, uh, it's hilarious. So I teach beginners, right? And it's, it's, it's hilarious in retrospect, right? As, as a brown belt to watch, um, uh, uh, men and women roll together, right? And, and, uh, like, a guy who's like supposed to be like pressuring on a girl's chest is like, Oh my God, there's things there that I can't touch. And this is really weird. Right. But like, if you, if you're rolling with like a a black belt woman, right. Like who will destroy you. If you think twice about that kind of thing, like it doesn't cross your mind, right. You're not thinking I shouldn't be touching there. You're just thinking I need to post. Right. And I'm posting where I post. Right. And it's, it's, Maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm I'm uh, saying things. I I maybe I don't have a majority opinion on no, that. I, but um, I think you're right. But it's it's not weird, right? It's 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 not like guys roll with uh, girls all the time, and there's no, as far as I know, there's not like sexual tension there, right? If somebody's about to beat you up, knock you unconscious, break your arm, right? There are more urgent matters to think about. Yeah. And it's the same with, you know, a gay guy rolling with a, a, another guy. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't cross your mind. There, there, <laughs> there are easier ways to find dates, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I appreciate you sharing your story of the first time you trained. Um, I could see that kind of raising a, you know, flag. It's like, okay, this is unusual. But, you know, you get collar choked used- once and you get collar choked again and it suddenly, um, this position and, and this and the person who's on on you, it's a different deal. You've got to get your head in the game. You've got to. You, that, that's one great thing about jujitsu. I can't be thinking about my you know bills I have or or exactly. work that's stressful or you know my next podcast interview. I can't think about anything. I got to think about this person who I'm grappling with, and I got to be thinking about what I want to do and what they might do, and how could I change the course of events to favor me. That's that's one of the great things that you know as I've done interviews people people always like that. They always like to be there's no there's no cell phone, there's no Facebook, there's no it's just you, another person, get your head in the game and 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 do what you've trained to do. I mean that's that's a beautiful aspect of it. 
Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more, right? It's, it's really meditative in that sense, right? Where everything else melts away except for the problem you were trying to solve. And that's just so cool and so refreshing. Right? Nothing can put you in the zone, I think, as quickly as jiu-jitsu can. <laughs> or as quickly as not being in the zone and getting choked. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> put you out of the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, if – but that, that feeling was, was, is there a little bit at the beginning but it seems to fade um uh, maybe as weeks go by or as you know your first time you get choked or something like that but um it becomes not a big deal for for most grapplers i would basically all grapplers but if you give it some time it's just it's just two people that are that are trying to play a game basically or, or work their game against somebody else and and it's you have you're using your body against theirs and 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 trying to trying to outsmart somebody on the mat, you know, it doesn't. It's it's not. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a sexual experience for anybody. I yeah, mean, I it, agree. It doesn't matter. I agree, right? Even if, <laughs> yeah, um, you just again, you don't have time to 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 have it even cross your mind. It doesn't. It doesn't cross your mind. And it's not. I mean, even if you if you had time, it's not where your mind should be. Um, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. this, if you start to do that, then then you're walking on a whole different road of, of you know, why are you in, in class and, and and what are you getting out of it? You're here to train jujitsu, and that's what your teammates are there for, and that's what um, you, a good teammate, you know, if, if that's what you want to be as a good teammate, that's what you're there for. You know, you get your head in the game, and we're here to do jujitsu. It doesn't, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how to, to really speak of it uh, very well, but, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. It doesn't seem to to affect the way I I think when I roll. Yeah. So did uh, Jiu Jitsu change for you much uh, after you came out, or was it just a less stressful experience, or, or did you just really feel like uh, you were part of the family there, or, or how did that how did that change the experience it, of rolling? So much. It changed so much. I, I mean, like it. Even when I was in Georgia and was coming out, like that last year. I was so much more social than I was all the five years beforehand, right? I, you know, I was like, you know, texting people, going out to drinks, hanging out. Um, so it definitely affected my social life a ton. Um, and I just feel like I got to know my training partners who, again, like you spend just an inordinate, an inordinate amount of your life with these people on a mat. Why would you not want to get to know what they're like and the other aspects of their, of their lives? Um, so yeah, I definitely, it definitely helped a lot with the, the social aspect of it. And, and maybe even more so in, in Portland, having from day one been out, right? Like I can, I can bring my partner to, to social events. Like that is so cool, <laughs> right? It's just so yeah. great that everyone's just like, Oh, Hey, this is my partner. And everyone's just like, Oh, cool. You know, good to meet you. Why aren't you doing jujitsu? <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's, uh, it just, it makes the, the whole quality of the experience change, uh, for, for, for way the better. For sure. Yeah, that's that's. I'm I'm glad to hear that. And uh, uh, we mentioned a little bit about team and support. Uh, so, from uh, my point of view, what could I do to either foster a positive environment uh, for people to train in, or to help people like come out, or, or to not to not uh, hide who they are? 
it's a good question. Uh, um, I mean, there's a lot, the answer is there's lots of things you can do, right? So, I mean, you can start out by, by not like using words like faggot, right? In, in your, in the gym, which, which of course you don't do. I mean, I mean, in, one in general could avoid those kinds yeah, of words. Yeah. You know, there's, there's over a million words in the English language and it's, it's one of the most verbose languages in the world. Shouldn't be hard to find a synonym for, for something pejorative, right? Without having to use words like faggot. Um, so it's just ridiculous that that we that we still use that word, right? It's so you know even if even if it means if it doesn't mean anything affiliated with homosexual to you, right? Uh, it may it may mean something different to the person who's hearing it, right? So it's a super loaded term for for most gay people I know. Um, uh, so if you're if you're saying words like that, even if you don't mean them to to mean homosexual, right? People are perceiving it. LGBTQI people are perceiving it a different way. Um, and, and like, if you say that in front of a kid who who's going through some shit right now, right? Who 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 might be LGBTQI identifying or, or struggling with with uh, his or her identity, um, and you know they're getting bullied in school and they're walking by kids who are muttering things like "faggot" under their breath, and then they hear their coach say something like that yeah. in the gym, right? I, that's that's now like a role model who's saying that too, right? And that kid is now learning to associate some major component of their identity with with words that other people use pejor- to mean pejorative things, right? To mean bad things. Um, so, you know, like we're just perpetuating this, this uh, you know, language fucked up the word faggot a long time ago. You know, in a manner of speaking, to, to borrow <laughs> to borrow from Kurt, right? And now, now we're just and now we're just perpetuating it. Um, so yeah, step one: don't use faggot. Um, step two: uh, you know, maybe maybe sort of be more inclusive in in your phrasing of things, right? So uh, you know, if if you're on the mat and and talking with somebody, like instead of saying, oh, do you have a girlfriend? Like, maybe say, like, oh, are you dating anybody? Or, or just, like, be more inclusive with your terms. Um, okay. If, even, even, like, in casual conversation, if there, if you have, like, a family member or, or a friend who's gay, like, maybe talk about them in a positive light, you know, to kind of let people know that that's, that's something that, you know, where their, where their LGBTQI identity doesn't mess with doesn't interfere with what you think of them as people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got uh, use language that is, is respectful, and, and that spoke to me. Like, as uh, nobody has like easy time in school. I mean, schools you go through middle school, high school, whatever. It, you're going to have some tough days, and I can't imagine how how difficult it could be um, for some students. And then they come in and, and hear your coach like disrespecting who you are. Uh, that would hurt, you know. That, I mean, it's it's different than a parent, but it's somebody who you respect and you want the respect of and, and then to hear uh, derogatory terms thrown at you. It's like, that's, that's, that's somebody who, who is in the position to hurt you and they're, they're doing it. And then, um, I, the, the term like, are you dating anybody? That's different than, do you have a girlfriend? Um, yeah. so when, when you would hear, if somebody asked you that and, and you weren't out would that kind of, would you, would you pick up on that, the change of words versus, um, you know, do you have a girlfriend oh, or, fine. <laughs> For sure. So, I mean, uh, people eventually stopped asking me, right? Because I think they, they, they definitely realized that I was uncomfortable about it. 
um, or suspected that I was gay um, and just kind of respected the fact that I wasn't comfortable talking about it. Um, uh, but yeah, at first I would just be like, oh no, no one at the moment. And like, meanwhile, I had a partner, you know, yeah. at home. So, I, you know, it like forces you into this. Sometimes being gay can force you into like, do I make the decision of being honest and just like dropping too much information on this person I, you know, might not know very well? Or do I lie to them? Right. And that's a really uncomfortable scenario to be put in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it could all be, I think it could all be resolved a lot easier if, if somebody realizes that the environment that they're in is really open and hospitable. Um, and just like waiting for them to come out whenever they're ready, um, then so, it would be easier. So I'm trying to like, from my point of view, if if I ask ask you, you know, I don't know how many years ago before you were out, are you are you dating anybody? I said that instead of you have a, have a girlfriend. Are you? And you said no because you didn't want to tell me anything. And, and then, well, like if if I maybe thought something, but I wanted to make to let you know, like, hey, but whenever you. You know, are dating somebody? I'd be happy to meet them. I'd, is there something that you could say, following that up, to let them know, like, I'm interested in who you are, and and I, you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the problem, right? Uh, as somebody who's supportive of, of somebody who's LGBTQI, is you don't know whether they have even come out <laughs> themselves yet, right? Yeah. So you don't want to be like, hey, I know that you might be gay, you might not know that yet, <laughs> right? Um, so it's definitely it puts you guys in in uh, puts we people I guess I'm also in that boat it puts us in an uncomfortable situation where we don't want to force anybody out of the closet, um, um, but we want to let them know that it, that it's an okay environment in which to do it. So yeah, I don't know how I would follow up you know uh, questions about somebody's dating life, um, but just uh, um, it's something that that I noticed a lot at the gym um, when especially in those later years in Georgia was. Um, I had a couple of friends who, uh, were, were, were saying things like, oh, you know, I just found out that my brother is gay and, um, I, I can't believe it took him this many years to feel comfortable telling us, like, I'm such a supportive person, um, on that front. And, you know, so immediately I was like, okay, well, he's either trying to hint at me to hint to me that he knows I'm gay <laughs> and he, he wants me to tell him, right? Or he's just, like, letting, you know, uh, letting me know that he's so comfortable with this. Um, and either way, like, that's that's putting the ball in my court, right? And that's that awesome. Like, it just, I went, I went home and it just made my day. I was just like, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, you're able to get, <laughs> like, so a little... A really a really kind of, like, slick way of letting me know he was okay with it without sort of forcing me to come out at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, I think that most people could probably, if they wanted to, could probably do that. And, and you don't, I mean, you just do so much more than just learning how to choke people and to do arm bars. I mean, it's, it's the community that we're building and, and the relationships you have with your teammates and your friends. But, and that's just, just a, you know, you have somebody who's a friend and you don't know for sure about them. Just maybe just kind of, give an example in your life of, of, of you giving support to somebody and not make a big deal out of it. You know, let them, uh, you know, like they might be jumping up and down, you know, inside, but they're going to play cool and oh, whatever, you know, and, and, and you, you right. know, you're excited. Like you might have somebody who 
who would be supportive of you if you decided to tell them uh, more about yourself. And exactly. you mentioned, you know, Emily Kwok on here that it's like a unicorn. It's got to be, you know, when she would go in there and, and, and see another woman training. Um, it, could you, but could you imagine that, that there are other women training, but they don't, but you don't know it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it's even, <laughs> <laughs> like you've been rolling with a woman for years and you had no idea. Right? <laughs> um, that would be so cool, right? If you found out and you're like, "Oh my gosh, let's talk about that." You know? <laughs> but it, Emily, in her interview, also mentioned that uh, some people uh, in, in jujitsu have uh, leadership roles that they may or may not, you know, use correctly. Um, mm-hmm. She, you know, she kind of implied that some coaches are pretty famous and, and they and they have a lot of people that follow and respect them, but they're not. They don't have the qualities of a good leader. They just maybe they have qualities of good jujitsu, and those are two different things. So sure. you know, I look at what you're doing, and, and I this is definitely a leadership thing. You're starting this this community here on on Facebook, and and you're trying to to build support for for the the, the people uh, around the world that that, that want to try jujitsu, and or maybe they are doing jujitsu, and and they. They're just having some troubles, I guess we'd say. So uh, I definitely appreciate you uh, taking this leadership role and, and, and sharing your story and, and and giving support to the community. Well, you bet. Um, I definitely should say that I, I was not the only one who started the group, and uh, we're definitely not alone, right? Even So we have these little spheres of, of people we know in our personal network, networks, right? So there are a lot of people who uh, have joined the rollout group from Portland and from San Francisco, Right, places where you know the founders are coming from, but we don't know a lot about a lot of these other gyms. Right, we we have some in, uh, information now about about the Washington D.C. area too. But um, yeah, so the more people who sort of who sort of join, um, you know, the 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 more information we'll have, and, and the wider the network will be. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing that needed to happen, and, and, and somebody needed to do it, and I'm glad we were the ones who did it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you're out there as well. And I, and I mentioned that, you know, on, during my interview or, or, you know, during after the interview with Kurt that I can't – I didn't see a, a community online. It would be nice if, if, if there was one to let, you know, let us know, and, and so we'd be able to share that with everybody. And, and so – by simply going to the page and liking it, maybe maybe somebody who's mutual friends with you can go to that page and, and you pop up as somebody who would support them, um, you know, in, in support you and in, in what you're doing. Um, but uh, so you you are a uh, a brown belt. You train at a Straight Blast gym. Um, yeah. I got I, I've had a lot of people from Straight Blast on the podcast and and they've all uh, given a, given some great information. So I really want to kind of pick your brain about jujitsu as well. You know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, b- before we get into that aspect of it, tell me like a little bit about some of maybe your favorite techniques and, and things that you, how you like to roll and and a little bit about your side of jujitsu. Uh, well, I'm a tiny guy, um, so I definitely have a small man's game. Um, so I think an advantage of that is I definitely have to rely a lot on technique. Um, a disadvantage, maybe or a, a, a liability, maybe something that, that prevents me from learning as quickly as I otherwise could, is that I also happen to be pretty flexible. Um, so, you know, it helps me squirreling out of positions so I don't get immediately punished for making terrible mistakes, you know. And it also, you know, I can do some things that, that 
other people would have had to rely more on technique to do. So I'm trying very slowly to, to, you know, remove all of those bad habits from my game. Um, but, uh, in terms of like favorite positions and favorite things to do, I'm definitely a back take guy. Um, so, uh, no gi, I definitely like rear naked chokes, gi, bow and arrow chokes, um, uh, triangles, probably my next highest submission. Well, uh, is that what you asked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. so I could relate, you know, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not a large grappler by any means, but. Uh, when, when I grapple somebody who's larger than me, I want to get on their back. Like that's a that's a pretty good place to be. It, I yeah. feel better than mounting. A lot of times you can get rolled over, and in and, and, and side control you can't really apply as much pressure as sometimes you would like. But you get on their back, and it takes it almost like takes away the size advantage that they have. And you're just you're just you know going for the choke and and, and trying to maintain control of somebody who's so much bigger and stronger. So I could definitely relate to that. Um, you mentioned flexibility. And you mentioned it almost like it was a negative thing. Uh, it, it, I think in jiu-jitsu, it's easy to say, oh, that guy's strong. That guy that guy is using his strength in a way that's not jiu-jitsu. It's not, right. it's not a good thing. But a lot of times in jiu-jitsu, flexibility is seen as like, oh, they're, hey, I'm flexible. That's, that's, that's a plus one in, in, in my category of ruling. But it's the same thing as it's, it's an attribute of your body. It's an attribute of, of what you have. And you may not always have your flexibility. Exactly, right? You know, you, you, you get older, you get a couple shoulder injuries, and all of a sudden your shoulder's not as flexible as it used to be, you know? So <laughs> it's definitely something that you should treat as transient, right? And not make it a permanent part of your game because it's not transient, right? If you're going to stay in jiu-jitsu for a long time, you can't you can't rely on that, right? But the good news is that your game is going to adjust over time, right? Yeah. You, you, you don't become all of a sudden totally inflexible from one day to the next. So, you know, there's this grace period that you probably have where uh, you can, you can uh, pick up the techniques that you uh, once uh, had your flexibility as a crutch for. Um, but why not start now, right? Why not, why not just get good <laughs> technique uh, instead of having to to rely on this little crutchy scaffold thing that is your flexibility, right? And I'm not saying that, like, flexibility doesn't feature prominently in my game. It does. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny. When people tell me I'm flexible, like, oh, you're so flexible. I wish I were that flexible or I can't believe you did that. It actually bothers me, right? So, because I'm like, no, I'm trying not to be flexible, and I swear that was all in my hip movement. That wasn't in like bringing my leg to my face, right? It was, it was in my hip mobility. So, and now I kind of just take it as like a slap in the face, where I'm just like, ah, oh, he thinks I'm flexible. He doesn't think I have good technique, you know? Yeah, it, I, I could, I could relate having rolled with a lot of flexible people and a lot of. Uh, it's an easy comparison with strength, but it could be the same as speed or or anything like yeah. that. But it's. Uh, once you roll someone who's a lot stronger than you, it can be an uncomfortable experience. So that you're, you're like, "Well, that sucked." He's just strong. Is is uh, uh, there's nothing I can do about that? You know? Yeah, I need better technique, but it's it's so hard because they're so strong. But when they're flexible, it is. It's frustrating. You know, like I I have you in side control and you escaped with the technique I didn't think was going to work. I didn't think you could do that, and right. and so it's like a little complaint, but it's not the same as like me having to suffer the discomfort of of that it's like man 
I can't believe it. You know, that just happened. They just escaped. <laughs> guy <for> another yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but it, it, it shows like your level of thinking about, about your training that like, that's not how you want to, how you want to roll. You know, nope. yes, your flexibility will be there for you, uh, in a match that's important or, or, or in a, you know, situation where you are really needing it. But the proper answer is to, is to try to use that at a very limited aspect. And and maybe maybe use the flexibility when you're rolling with somebody who's who's just outclassing you and just beating you like like a lot of times I tell white belts I don't care if you use your strength that's fine but I don't want you to use your strength against other white belts like it's not, not going to do any good but right. uh, use it against me th- it's going to be okay same thing with like maybe you're just there's no reason to just roll and get annihilated if you could use your flexibility but the proper answer is probably you know move your hips more and get get. get Get to a you know a stronger frame or a, a better position where flexibility is not even a factor for you because like you said it's not it, it may not always be there for you exactly yeah couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> well you, you basically said the same thing so I'm just uh, <laughs> rehashing it so um, so that that's that's pretty cool um, if if you you have a teammate or a student that's going to do their first tournament. Uh, what, what advice would you give them uh, b- before they do this in order to help them uh, perform well and to and to be able to use w- what they know? Huh. Um, so advice that uh, some of uh, some of my coaches at, at Straight Blast give to to, to newbie competitors um, uh, definitely resonated with me uh, as well, even as a uh, you know uh, a little bit more seasoned of a competitor, which is. Don't try to incorporate new shit into your game right before, <laughs> right before you go to compete, right? Because it's not going to be something that that you're going to recall very easily in in times of stress, which competition is. Um, so, uh, which which is different from saying don't have a plan, right? I, I mean, I think that there is merit to having some kind of plan, um, but that plan shouldn't be something a new game that you constructed this week. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, and, I, um, and I agree. You, you, I mean, <laughs> that's part of the problem with with uh, our, our modern jujitsu. You know, it's it, it's great that you know this online community that we have, and and how you could reach out and you could you could connect people from around the world who have the same worries and concerns that you do. But also, you, you hop on Facebook, and there's I got nine techniques I can scroll through in ten minutes while I'm, while I'm going down the page and. And, and none of them fit my game, but I don't know that, so I'm going to click on them and open them up, and, and and it's just like that's not what you need to do, you know, when you're preparing for a tournament or a match. Uh, you got to stick yeah. with what you're good at and make that make that even a little bit better. I, I agree totally. I, I think I think chess is like a perfect metaphor in in this case, right? In chess, you have a whole bunch of different openings, right? You can you can take your knight out, you can move your pawns out in front of the uh, in front of the king or whatever. I'm not a big chess guy, so that's probably where the extent of the metaphor stops for me. But, um, you know, you have these different openings. Um, and you could, like, get really good at one particular, your favorite opening, right? So you have a reasonable expectation of the, the few ways that your opponent can respond to that particular opening. And then the game just gets really complex from there, right? Just like it does in jiu-jitsu, right? If you go for a particular takedown, you know, okay, the person might sprawl or the person might do this. Um, and, and then, and then you, so you have a few options going out, but, uh, and as the, as the match goes on, 
right? You, you can't plan the whole match in the same way you can't plan the whole chess match, right? But you can plan for the early, for the opening, right? So rather than, if you've been taking that pawn out in front of the king for your, your past 80 games of chess, and then it gets to the time when you're at a chess competition, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do the knight this time. <laughs> you, have, you have no expectations for how people are going to react to you now starting with the knight. Right, so even though the game gets really complex and you should have you know uh, responses for for lots of different things coming your way, I think having a good opening plan is probably a good thing to go with. Awesome, and I think having a good opening plan calms the nerves because yeah. you know midway through a match you're not nervous anymore. You're you're you know like we said you get your head in the game. You're you're working your match, but before the match starts. What's going to happen? How, you know, what, what, what am I getting into? If you have a game plan at the beginning, you should be a lot more calm. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And, and um, I like your example with chess. You know, if you move the same piece every time and then you get into it, oh, I'm going to move this one instead. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and and exactly. I like to look at it like you get a student who says, I'm just going to go out there and see what happens. That's if you want to do that. That's fine, but you're you won't be likely to beat somebody who is a little bit better than you in this match. It's just not going to happen. And 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 there's there's not much of a better feeling than beating somebody who's probably better at jujitsu than you because you stuck to your game and you brought them into your world and, and they couldn't handle. You know, if you're going to triangle somebody from your guard and you said, "I'm going to play top game," well, your best technique is trouble from the guard, and you can't. And you're not going to play that. You, they're not going to get the best, you know, best out of you, and that's you're, okay. You're handicapping yourself, right? Yeah, you're, exactly. It's just, uh, you know, some students want to go out there and have fun and just to see what happens. But if you have that game plan like you're recommending, um, you'll be able to occasionally beat somebody who's probably better at jujitsu than you because you brought them into your game and they couldn't deal with it. You know, in that small aspect of of your game that you really worked on, it's gonna that's where you're strongest. Right, yeah. If you have a blue belt triangle and a white belt mount game, play your blue belt triangle game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah perfect example. Talking a little bit about game plan, do you? If somebody's looking to compete, how would they? How would they find it, their game plan? Oh wow! Is it just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, a good it, question. Yeah. I mean, so you know, I haven't I haven't met a lot of people who, uh, if unless they're very very new, but if they've been grappling for a couple months, you know. They they have a pretty good sense of the things they're good at, yeah, um, and the things they're bad at, um, or, or and good I mean in the relative sense, right? So like better than than other people who have had the same amount of experience, you know. Um, uh, so you know, like there's so SBG, you probably I don't know maybe are aware. Uh, there's a huge emphasis on position um, and, and posture rather than. Um, you know, all the, like all these crazy permutations of, of fun techniques that you can play off of those, off of those like core positions. Yeah. So I would say as long as like the, the thing you're best at is like, is not like, Oh, triangling somebody from cross sides bottom, um, in like kind of a hail Mary where you're not advancing your position at all. And if you miss it, like you're, you're making, you're putting yourself into an even worse scenario. Um, uh, then go whatever you're good with, right? So again, let me recap that because that was really convoluted. But um, you know, uh, unless like if your best thing is a hail mary, 
get a new best thing. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you're good at a position, right, or good at uh, some particular dominant position, and you are aware that you're good at that, that's the card you need to play in competition. Yeah, that's I like the way you say it. And, and you can get a new best thing. Like that's, yes. It's not, you're not happens, stuck. You go through these really weird, uh, like, love affairs with positions. Uh, so uh, I, like, recently had, had like, a sort of a neck-related thing. So I'm on, like, a no-choke uh, uh, kick right now where uh, I'm not allowed to choke my opponent. My opponent's not allowed to choke me. And it has, like, opened up uh, my armbar game. Um, and, you know, you, you and then in a couple of months, that'll disappear. It'll be as if I've forgotten how to armbar, right? And then it'll come back in another year or two, right? So that, that happens all the time where you, like, you just uh, get these, like, little surges of a new favorite position and it's it's a really fun time when when you're going through that it's a fun time to be grappling that's interesting to me that uh not that you're not allowed to choke but you uh your opponents aren't choking you either so um your hands could get somewhere where they're not typically a safe spot for you and you could maybe find something that uh is, is totally new and that you didn't didn't see before yeah, yeah. So, so right now, I guess we're on the risk of getting ourselves into bad habits where we're putting ourselves in choke vulnerability, right? So, it's definitely in our mutual interest to still show show each other where the chokes are. But it's it's been cool to kind of be forced to explore new parameter space in the jiu jitsu world. Yeah, that's a it's just a interesting way to train. I mean, if all when you train is all you do is go roll, you're you're limiting your own. Uh, development as far as um, creativity and, and and being able to 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 change the way things that that you do affect how how you're rolling. I guess I mean if you could do a little bit of uh, I'm trying to think of different like next to a wall and and, and like a, we're not going to go over left no matter what because there's a wall there that's going to change right. the way you're going to move. If you're not going to choke, that's going to change the way uh, you're moving. And it's going to change what you're trying to do. Uh, interesting dynamic and and. Uh, and and definitely, if you could find a find a training partner that wants to try that with you, and you know, not do any chokes, and see what see what happens. Maybe you find something to do better. Maybe your arm bars get a little little bit sharper. Yeah, putting uh, putting these like weird fake restrictions on on your game somehow becomes like an engine for creativity. Sometimes, right? So, uh, like, if have you ever done like improv? Yeah, a little all? bit. Not not uh, at a professional level, of course, but yeah. Um, yeah, well, same situation, <laughs> like very bad at it in college. Um, and, but you know, like if you were to just do a blank scene, all right, just like you and I create a, an improv scene, it, it might not be very great, but like if you put a restriction on us, like we can only, you know, uh, we have to start each sentence with a different letter in alphabetical order or something, right? That restriction in itself will make our scene more creative, more interesting, right? In the same way that, like, placing these these artificial restrictions on your game, like, oh, today I'm only going to go for, for uh, from bottom positions and try to get out of bottom positions, or today I'm going to focus on Kimura's, uh, um, uh, or today I'm going to try not to use my left hand, right? Just any kind of restriction will, um, will uh definitely uh show you things that you haven't seen in your game before right which is why um i don't know if this is a common experience um for you but for me like when i get injured and i don't i can't use something as well as i'm used to using it 
Like, I suck for a couple days, and then my brain, like, figures out other things it could do to compensate for that, and I end up discovering these new features of my game that I hadn't seen before. I don't know. Is that something Yeah, that's... that's, I think that's... I've experienced that, too, but... um, you know, you mentioned that you focus on positions and, and posture. And so if you're able to maintain your your fundamentals, it's and then you're restricted in an area, you're going to figure out what to do uh, and continue to grow and to develop as martial artists. I think that that's, yeah, I've experienced that. You know, easiest example, you hurt your hand and you can't get, you have no grip strength in it. You're going to deal exactly. with that. You know, like your favorite thing may not work so well, but you'll figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. And I, Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and so uh, sometimes at my gym we'll we'll grab a racquetball and you hold a racquetball in your hand. You have no grip in that hand. You, you know, deal with <laughs> like it. That. You know, and I, I might you. go for it. It's it's uh, it's kind of fun, and it and it gives everybody and you know an, an easy out. You know, you get stuck and you're well, I can't grab on this, and, and you know, of course, people let go and they forget. And but it's it's a different dynamic, and 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 it and it's. And just training in a different way, you know, you might be in a situation where you're rolling on the ground with somebody trying to get control of a gun and, and you only have one hand, you know, like, well, you got a little bit of background on that. You know, you've only rolled with one hand before you're, and, and that's what they're doing. And I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, limiting yourself and what you could do is, is, a, is a great way to be creative and a great way to, to learn about just your body mechanics, I think. Totally. In Jiu-Jitsu, we all see a lot of people kind of come in and they go, and and some people stick with it. A lot of people kind of just come in and leave, and you never see them again. Um, so if you if you look at a group of new students and you, and you want to pick one and say this person, I think this person is going to stick with it. What would be like a reason you would pick somebody, like a personality trait maybe, or something that you would see uh, the way that they're trying to learn Jiu-Jitsu that that would make you think that like they're going to be uh, a good student of Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. Um... Well, it's it's funny that you say that, um, or that that because um, something I've definitely noticed recently about um, my students is I am not very good at predicting <laughs> who is going to stick with it and not or and not um, because I've I've definitely been surprised by by some people. But I think probably one of the strongest indicators is enthusiasm, right? If somebody is like pumped about everything that you that they're learning. Um, and picking up and just like, oh my gosh, today I did this and today I did that, right? Even if they're not like super vocal about it, but you can just kind of tell like, you know, there's a light in their eyes and they're like smiling when they're learning stuff. Um, uh, I think that's probably, someone should do statistics on this. <laughs> someone should like <laughs> do a study of just like, what are the strongest predictors of longevity in jiu-jitsu? But I imagine that, that uh, enthusiasm is, is probably uh, probably up there. Yeah, uh, attendance, attendance too. I'm sure it's up there. Right? Yeah, it's very easy to to kind of lose your way um, if you if you miss even just a handful of days when you're first starting out. Um, so we have we have some some new folks at the gym who I think have been doing it for maybe like nine or ten months now. One of them in particular, he hasn't missed a day yet at wow. the gym, and it's just insane. Like it's it's awesome to see to see people that into it and and uh, who have formed this groove in their life already, right? 10 months in, um, uh, um, of something to do, right? To train every day or to train every so many days. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. And, and, and like you said, with the enthusiasm, even if maybe you make it in twice a week, I mean, but when you show up, 
if you're enthusiastic about it and you're you're passionate about learning jujitsu, uh, that's a good trait to have, and that's more likely somebody who will who will stick with it and, and become uh, good at jujitsu. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, so, um, yeah, just to follow up on the attendance thing, I don't mean like be batshit crazy about jujitsu. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Get- the jujitsu tattoo on like your second day of class because <laughs> those people tend not to last either right you know they're the they are few and far between right the people who just go like balls to the wall on day one um so yeah you a lot of people can go really far even just going once or twice a week for decades you know what i mean somebody if somebody can can fall in love that quickly with jujitsu they could probably fall in love with a lot of other hobbies just as easily that can direct their attention another way, right? Yeah. So um, you can definitely like see some people are just like serial hobby monogamists, you know? <laughs> it. I mean, the, the fact that somebody can go every day just probably means they have a clearer schedule than, than a lot of people who can only go twice a week, you know? And like you said, you're going twice a week – for a couple of decades is an amazing thing and you will get good at jiu-jitsu if you if you just hang in there and, and train when you can yeah. so uh speaking of the kind of that you know training a little bit less what how what advice would you give to somebody who could only come in and train once or twice a week how could they get the most out of each training session oh good question uh you throw me some good questions here. <laughs> um Keep keep showing up, right? Is step one. Um, step two. Uh, so we have a we have a coach at our gym who's a black belt, really really great black belt, um, and I like him a lot. He's an amazing coach, um, and uh, he doesn't uh, these days, I guess, doesn't find uh, as much time as he would have liked uh, to 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 train, right? So he's he's in a couple of days a week training, and he says that he's finding that he has to constantly be refining and shrinking his game um, as opposed to, uh, you know, adding more tools to his Swiss army knife, right? He's just sharpening a few of the tools that are already in his Swiss army knife. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. So he's, he's kind of narrowing down uh, the things that work best um, in, in his game and just really honing them, Um and I think that makes a lot of sense, right? If you don't have time to explore all of jiu-jitsu parameter space, just re- get really good at some section of it. Yeah, that that is uh, that that's great advice. I mean, if you show up once a week, it, yes, you'll have a, a little bit longer of a road of, of getting to where you want to be in jiu-jitsu. But if you show up every, you know, that's four times a month, five times a month, and you're training something totally different every time, that's going to really slow down your progress. But if you the whole month you're doing arm bars. You're doing escapes from psych control, or you know, you have a you have a kind of a theme or a topic, and you kind of narrow down your game a little bit. It's good. You'll be able to improve those areas of your game. I really believe that. Yeah, totally. Like learning a language, right? It's the same same deal, right? If you, you know, if you memorize like the hundred most common words of a language, you could probably get pretty far with just those hundred words, right? Yeah. If you wanted to get fluent in the language, you would have to increase that word count by orders of magnitude, right? Uh, before you became fully competent in a language. So why not get 80% of the language functionality with 10% of the vocab space? Yeah. That, that, and I really appreciate this. You're giving uh, great examples that are um, 
not jujitsu related. Yeah, <laughs> and it's easier. I mean, if if I'm new at jujitsu, I need those. I mean, that's yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. You know, if I can learn a hundred words in a language, I could generally communicate with somebody about what I need to. To get across, and yeah, it's not going to be pretty, but but I have an idea. If I want to get to where I have a conversation with somebody, that's a lot more work. You yeah. know that that's I can't do that. You know, go in a class once a week. So so you know, in the next few years, I got to go in all the time. I got to put the time and commitment to it, which is you know, you need to decide if that's something that's a priority. But it's great great example. I don't think I've ever heard the the language example, but that's a that's a really easy way to illustrate uh, your point there. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> No problem. So you, you, you're building this community here on, on uh, Facebook, um, Roll Out Jiu-Jitsu. Facebook.com slash Roll Out Jiu-Jitsu. That's correct, right? Yeah, yeah. And look out for, for patches, right? So um, we've uh, just ordered our first set of patches that we're going to be putting on our geese. So if you see somebody with a Roll Out patch on a tournament or something, come up and say hi, right? Introduce yourself, whether you're LGBTQI or not. Um uh, and just just let us know that you know uh, that you're aware of us or, or want to learn more about about what what's going on with in that world. Um, yeah. And that said, yeah, if, uh, uh, <laughs> if anybody's looking to sponsor uh, rollout, uh, we could definitely use some more money for patches. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the patch. I mean, it's a simple thing, but it, you know, you put that on your gi, and maybe nobody sees it. Maybe somebody does, but if somebody sees it and they say hey you know, all you gotta do is say hey like your patch you know i saw you compete today you, you're good uh, and i like your, the passion that's cool that's it like you don't have to ask any questions or say anything else like that's a pretty good pat on the back from somebody and like i'm supporting you and and uh and and, and good job today and so i i think a patch is a good uh a good way to show support for sure for sure yeah so yeah, um, yeah we, we definitely have uh like some some straight identifying folks at our gym who who uh have the patches too so it's not something like you know that necessarily is identifying you um but yeah hopefully you're comfortable with questions if you're wearing the patch either way um uh this is something that we we as a community need, need to talk about more both both straight and uh lgbtqi people yeah, and uh, hopefully today has been a little bit of that. And you mentioned, uh, you know, if I mean, this is a it's it's a fairly young community that you've started here on Facebook, and and of course it would be uh, nice to have a maybe a corporate sponsor or somebody to help you uh, get the ball rolling on this. So if you know if you're somebody who's in the marketing department or you have you know some kind of a gee company or a supplement thing or something like that, I don't know. Uh, Go to their Facebook page, send them a message, and and say, hey, we would like to support you, uh, you know. And and this is a area of our community that that could use some support. I mean, it's you know, like <laughs> sometimes support is just the pat on the back and, and and just saying, hey, we support these people, and 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 put that. You know, I I went by on the the BJJ Brick uh, Facebook page, and I put that i i liked it from there so um you know if, if you go look through the likes that's going to pop up as one and and that's just a little bit of support you know so and gi patches are great and if if somebody wants to sponsor you guys and, and give you a little bit of funds to help get gi patches out to people that would be an amazing thing to, to do and just a way to kind of step up yeah for sure and and uh, byron i i have to thank you for for giving us this this platform to, to talk with um 
it's really awesome that, that you let us reach out and then reach back. Um, we're, we're super grateful, uh, to have been able to talk to you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we have this platform here where, where we talk about Jesus most of the time and occasionally different things pop up and, and, and we, we talk about, you know, subcategories of Jiu-Jitsu and, and uh, I feel like we had a good discussion today. And, and then, of course, you, you shared some, some great coaching advice and I appreciate that. I know everybody does. And, uh, maybe just, I mean, we just kind of got this, the conversation started more or less. I don't think we really had, you know, like a, this is the this is the conversation that's over. It's more like uh, this is where it goes, and, and and this is this is where it is today. But uh, that the, is uh, is nice to to help get the ball rolling on this one. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, I, I think that um, most of the people that I've interacted with um, uh, in the jujitsu community have been nothing but amazingly supportive for for LGBTQI people, or at least well intentioned. Um, yeah, I, I, like I, like you said, I think this is just sort of the beginning of things, and um, hopefully things will just keep going awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do with with everything in my life is keep it going awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the best way to get a hold of you is it is it to go to the Facebook page and send a message, or is there somebody that somebody could actually talk with you and 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 get to know you better? A few of the founders and I regularly are the people who are posting on rollout, so you should be able to just see like my my Mark Fisher Facebook um, account right there, having posted in, in rollout. Um, and you can just private message me even if you want, um, uh, and and reach me that way. Well, cool. And I'll I'll put uh, links to to your your page on the show notes and and definitely swing by and, and like the page and, and send them some support and help this community grow and and it'll also help your local community grow and and it's like i, I think you know imagine if you know you're a woman and you walk into the gym and there's there's one other girl training it's a lot easier to train and and, and to jujitsu but if you're the first girl it's 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 a tougher road but for sure if you maybe there's you know it's like not knowing the sex of your training partners that's really confusing and hard for people to, to, to build a community. So, you know, I think we're at that, you know, it's 2015, you know, like it's, it's time to, to build this part of our community and to let it, uh, let it grow and to, and to show support. And Jiu-Jitsu is so much more about rolling around and choking people and doing arm bars. You know, we're, we're, we're becoming friends. We're learning. The big thing that I've learned, I've learned how to learn. I've learned about, you know, how I move and about, you know, developing skill and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and that to me has been something that I've learned from jujitsu and it's not necessarily jujitsu related, but it's, but it's been a big part of my, uh, my development as a person. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Right. It, it's what got me through grad school. Right. So I was a, uh, grad students in, 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 uh, sciences, so in genetics. And, you know, you would, uh, an experiment wouldn't work and you would have no idea why. And it would be the most frustrating thing. And you'd have to try all these other things. Like, is it this or is it that? Right. And your whole experiment would last months and months and months. Like I spent an entire summer, summer once troubleshooting just like this one little protocol that I couldn't get to work. Right. And jujitsu, what it, what it does for me at least is it, just shrinks that all into like a, a little microcosm of problems that happen that you can solve on a much shorter time scale. Like I didn't get that arm bar because his arm slipped out or because he did a hitchhiker escape. What can I do 
to tighten that up, how can I prevent that from happening again, right? And it, these are these little problems that you can solve on a much faster timescale, usually, than in your real life. <laughs> but it, it's, it, it, it's exactly what you say. It teaches you how to, how to, to learn these things, right? How to deal with failure and, uh, and then, and carry on from that. Well, cool. And, uh, I, I agree totally with that. So, um, I, I appreciate you, Mark, for getting on here and sharing your story and, and, and part of this community that you're involved with and, 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 and growing and develop that. And, uh, thank you very much for the interview. Thank you, Byron. It was, it was my pleasure. I assure you. All right. I want to thank Mark Fisher for the interview. Uh, I really appreciate him stepping up and, and, uh, helping to create this community online and uh he's he's not the only uh member there but uh he he was happy to to give the interview to share uh, what they have going on there and and like i said before i urge you to go by their facebook page and like it as long as uh you you don't have to be the perfect demographic uh in order to go by their page and like it. it it's showing support for your teammates it's showing uh that that you're the type of person that you, they could talk to if they uh, want to tell you more about themselves so uh, I hope that Jujitsu is a community that that uh, has opened its doors to uh, the LGBTQI community. But I don't know. Maybe maybe we're we're drastically lacking uh, in numbers, and uh, people like Mark could help bring this number back up to be like a percent of the population of the city that you live in. You know, so uh, I think that would be a great thing. And, and Jujitsu has done so much for everybody's lives who train. Why would you want to exclude some people from training? That's that would be very unfortunate. Uh, I urge you. We've got tons of social media to connect with us. We got Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube's, uh, Instagrams, and and uh, I think there's a Pinterest thing going on. There's lots of stuff going on for wherever you're at social media wise. We've probably got something set up. We're not experts at social media by any means, but uh, we do uh, we do our best. We definitely appreciate the uh, likes and shares we get and. Seems like the most important life shares we get are not online, but there's people telling their training partners about the podcast, and and uh, it could be you know after your role or you know just mention it during the uh, class to some somebody that you heard a good interview or or you got some good ideas from the podcast. We really appreciate that. Sending um, fellow teammates to to the podcast that means a lot to us. It really helps the show grow, and and we appreciate that support. We've got the next two episodes planned out already, and we're just going to start a little series on traveling or globe, BJJ Globetrotting. We've had an interview with Christian Gragarth, the BJJ Globetrotter, uh, a little while back. And, uh, and so that will be, I guess, series, part one of our series. And then we're going to do uh, another part with uh, Scott Baylor. He's traveling in the United States and Canada in a van, going from jiu-jitsu gym to jiu-jitsu gym. Uh, learning tons of jujitsu. And then, uh, we're gonna also, after that, that, there'll be episode 113 and 114 will be Jennifer Perez. She's, uh, been to uh, t- many different countries and trained in many different gyms. And she's gonna share her story and, and her experiences. So, uh, a lot of great travel advice and, uh, doing jujitsu while you're on the road advice coming your way, uh, the next two episodes. Uh, great stories, great people. And, uh, really a lot of talk about the community. And it's a good way to get your pulse on, on what's happening, uh, around the, the country or around the world in Jiu-Jitsu. Cause these people are getting to see different gyms. And I think, um, you'd be surprised at how similar uh, a lot of gyms are. And maybe some gyms you'd be surprised at how different it could be. Um, so we get, we get a nice perspective of that in the next two episodes. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm in, uh, me and Gary train in Wichita, Kansas. If you're coming through the area or you're, you're here and you want to train with us, 
send us an email, bjjbrick at gmail.com, or hit us up on our Facebook page, just on a message there. That's an easy way as well. We'd be happy to train with you. Um, always looking to train with more people, and and uh, definitely nice to meet listeners any chance we get. Uh, hopefully, we'll get the show back on the road to normal uh, with Gary next week, and uh, look, really looking forward to that because I do. I don't know if you can tell, but it's a little harder doing this thing solo. It's like I'm talking to myself the whole time and hoping somebody's listening out there. I know you guys are, and I really appreciate that. So as always, stay sweaty, my friends. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.